Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here. Welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. I hope you and yours, wherever you are today, uh, are doing well. Joining us today uh, is a dear friend of mine. Um, He's become uh, a friend. He's become a mentor. He's become uh, a guy that I look up to in so many ways. Uh, And just in this season, in this midst of uncertainty and ups and downs and everything that I know all of us are navigating right now, uh, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I would, I would love to hear from you. Uh, so quite honestly, this is just a phone call recorded of uh, questions that I would have for him anyway, but he's kind enough uh, to let me hit record uh, and share it with you guys. Sean Askinosi, uh, the owner and CEO of Askinosi Chocolate, is joining us. Uh, you guys probably read his book, Meaningful Work. Uh, it's been a huge light for me. And um, so, yeah, with that being said, Sean, welcome back. I forget how many times we've had you on, but uh, you are a familiar voice here at the podcast. Well, thank you, Ashton. I was I was so pleased to hear from you, and I'm happy to talk about these things. And I think these conversations uh, are healing for me, I know, and I hope maybe someone will be able to glean some tiny useful tidbit uh, from our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I figured we can walk through a lot of different avenues today. Mm -hmm. Um, But really the first place that I wanted to begin with you uh, is kind of just your, um, I know you're a man of routine. I I know that uh, the the way you navigate your life has a lot of rhythm to it. and just kind of wanted to, to hear from you, because I know for me, I've already learned, my oh my, if I don't have my uh, uh, routine moments of stillness and silence and solitude, uh, if I don't have some practices to look at these thoughts that I'm having and say, those are my thoughts, they aren't me, um, I get into a lot of trouble. So where, how are you just kind of navigating each of these days um, at the soul level? I think you're exactly right. Um, routine and rhythm, I think, are more important now than ever. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we're so tempted to set our routines aside because one of the first thoughts when we wake up is, I don't have time for that. I need to fill in the blank. And it could be, I need to, you know, look at an Excel spreadsheet and, see if I can make payroll. Mm. Um, and so I would, I would say though, at least for me, maintaining this ritual and this rhythm is, is very important, uh, you know, really on a number of levels and to not, um, set it aside because I believe that it, it really, gives us um, more practice and it also I think provides a healing effect on our own immune systems to maintain this kind of rhythm. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's funny um, as as I have stayed in these rhythms, um, the interesting thing that I'm finding is uh, how often um, like in our lives, we always say, I wish I had more time. I wish I just had some time for myself. 
And then now here we are in this window, which looks like for a lot of us is, is for sure a 14-day window, if not more. We have a lot of time. And then people are actually kind of going mad a bit. And so I'm I'm kind of wrestling with this like, could this be a hidden gift? Uh, couldn't, couldn't this be something that like... Uh, could be almost like forced Sabbath, if you will. Uh, and I know we have to hold that in a way with all of our businesses and stuff too, but I just found how fast it was, and we we're like, wait a minute, I don't have sports, I don't have this. And actually, all of us have been complaining for the last decade that we just wish we had some time to ourselves. Well, I think you're exactly right, and your, your mentor of mentors, uh, Father Richard Rohr, wrote about that this morning, uh, as a matter of fact, or at least we all got it in our inbox this morning, and and you know, I <clears throat> I believe I believe that, and I I think that we could even kind of ratchet this even further and say, for some of us, we can <clears throat> really begin to practice um, that everything is a gift, yeah. and that's very very hard. It's easy to say, but so hard to practice that <clears throat> that it's all a gift. It's all um, it's all an opportunity, everything. And as as um, F- Father Richard wrote about, you know, the the gift of suffering um, and our capacity to share in suffering. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, no, I and you know, we've talked about this before. I wrote about it. Uh, being by yourself, you know, being in solitude is one of the most challenging mm. things that anybody could do emotionally, physically, spiritually. So, yeah, this, this it's being forced on us. And so I think that for some people, they can say, okay, you know, I've got this. I've, I've been reading over the years or, I've, or months, and I have friends who do this, and I can practice this. I can take this on just a little bit at a time and not be too hard on myself. I think there are others— who, um, probably not in your listening audience, but they may have friends who are completely, um, disrupted by that mm-hmm. idea. And, you know, who really are having some real challenges right now, uh, navigating the, the idea of solitude and stillness. Yeah. It's impossible for some. Well, I think it's a brutal mirror right now of our coping mechanisms. Um, how, uh, unbelievably easily distracted we've become, and yet in some way uh, that distraction has been like a calming for us, which is not a good thing. I just think when we're in our homes and we feel like we have this lack of things to be distracted with, it's been this interesting thing. Um, but personally, I mean, I've just really, really, really had to ground myself in just mantras, uh I'm not my thoughts. I may have some thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. All these different things. For you, uh, what's it looking like? What's Tell me about the toolbox you're accessing these days. Well, for me, and you know, both of us do a lot of reading, and I love, I love it. And it, in fact, it can itself be a distraction that, you know, because I don't want to hear um, what's going on in my monkey mind. I'd just soon read a book. But <clears throat> what I've decided to do and I'd really been kind of undertaking this over the last 60 days. Um, and I, I don't mind sharing this with you, but I would say starting in the first week in January, I myself was experiencing just a little bit of 
darkness and you know, I mean, over the years, I've struggled with anxiety and depression since before I was a lawyer. Um, and uh, so it kind of, as you as we were saying, you know, the rhythms of that can come and go in life. And I've become much, much better at navigating that and being aware of it and observing it and making friends with it. But I don't know, really, it was just sort of a con- confluence of things Um starting in early January when I wasn't able to go to the Philippines because of the volcano Hmm. um, that erupted there literally the day I was in transit. Um, And it just progressed from there. And then I had a little kidney stone surgery two weeks ago that where I had to have general anesthesia and kidney stones are not pleasant if any of your listeners have ever had that. And so I've had kind of a, a, a little bit of um, of darkness. And so I was practicing in that darkness already and, and trying, um, to access the tools that I'd been using, you know, these months and years. And, and, uh, and so, um, one of the things that I decided to do about 60 days ago was to go back through my books and really only read the reread the books that um, I knew provided me with great amounts of truth and light. And um, so, you know, the I hits. went back. The to, greatest Yes, hits. right. <laughs> so, you know, I go back to Merton. I go back to Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. And I go back, uh, I probably really, really immersed myself again in John O'Donohue. Yeah especially O'Donohue. Um, and then um, a book that I've written about and one that I've probably underlined on every page in my Kindle is the book The Joy of Full Surrender by Jean-Pierre de Cassade. And I know we've talked about that in the yeah. past. I, I read it last night. Um, this idea of surrender is a real tool for me. So that's my first thing I would say is, you know, just going back and, and, and hitting those books that, like you said, are the greatest hits, what can I glean from those? And then the other tool is that, like we were talking about, I don't stop my routine. And as much as I want to fight against it, I don't stop that. And um, I have incorporated a new um, kind of aspect in my routine starting last November in the mornings and I, this will really sound weird. So we'll hopefully get to talk about it. But, but, um, back in November, I started incorporating a death meditation, um, in my, in my morning routine before I begin my prayers, before I light my candle, I lay down on the floor and essentially say to myself, um, I can't breathe. Um, this is my last breath. And then I say, I'm not breathing. And I let that take me wherever it's going to take me. Um, And what I'm trying to do is not just read about dying, but I'm trying to come as close as I can, not to killing myself. This sounds so weird when I hear myself talking about it, but um, it's it's to get close to that place where 
not just dying to myself, but dying. Mm-hmm. So, and this, then, I, I take it, you yeah. got, that seed was kind of planted with that book that you recommended to me, Die Wise. <laughs> Um, or at least know, it's a tangent off of that, maybe. That's a tangent. It's a tangent off of that. It's a tangent from that. I, I didn't so much get it from that, but, but I, um, you know, I, I suppose you could say it's. It would probably be more that I probably got from people like Pema Chodron and mm-hmm. and and Tara Brock and yeah, yeah. and and people like that. But yeah. but but what it does. But I literally. Um, when I say that out loud, I say it out loud and I, I, I let that take me. And when I rise from that, it's, uh, I, I essentially say, you know, okay, I'm dedicating this day. I'm dedicating this day to God. I've just died and now it's a new day. Hmm. So here I am. Then I begin my, I begin my intercessory prayers and, and, um, the rest of my kind of routine and um, so that has really been helpful. But the reason I was mentioning the kind of this dark time, I'm not sure I can't describe this. In fact, I was talking to my spiritual director about it this morning um, but um, at the Abbey. But um, uh, for whatever reason, in the last, I would say, 10 days, I've come out of that. Um, I don't have a sense of darkness right now. Um, I feel... A very clear-headed about what's going on in the world, um, and I feel very clear-headed about what's going on in my company and what might have to happen and what's going on in my life and those of my friends and family. And so for whatever reason, I have a sense of peace and clarity that um, has been a long time since I've, mm-hmm. since I've experienced it to this degree. Yeah, and, and you think it's coming out of that practice? Uh, not out of that one practice. No, I think it's coming from nowhere. I think it's coming from mm-hmm. grace, and just it just happens to be. Yeah. I'm in a rhythm of that place right now, and I'll just take it for as long as it'll last, uh, knowing it won't last forever, and that it, like everything else, is impermanent and subject to change. Yeah. But I'll take it now yeah. because I think it's given me. Um, um, it's given me an opportunity um, to at least yesterday and today and the days it's given me an opportunity to um, really observe and feel what I call a uh, fear soup hmm. um, and the the anxiety and fear and to some degree panic is is palpable and um, I, I, for whatever reason, I, I, I think that there's a, I believe that this anxiety is, um, really subject. I mean, I think that this is happening planet wide and remember, you know, uh, I'm talking to farmers in Southeast Asia, South mm-hmm. America, yeah. Africa, yeah. and literally in the last 48 hours, you know, all those places, and Tanzania as recently as this morning. And so one of the striking things about that is just before you called, I got an email from our rep in Ecuador and it is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's the situation there is not good at all. There's no food. The city of Waikil is on lockdown. 
And it's so it so you can imagine it's like it is here, but there's basically zero access to medical care. Mm. There's very little access to food. And um, so I'm seeing this play out. You know, I see it. It's happening around the planet. And so what I think is I think that this fear soup is perpetuating itself. Um, and I'm not saying it's unfounded, by the way. I mean, I, believe me. I mean, I, I'm. I think there's a there's 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 a lot happening that deserves, uh, you know, a certain degree of. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to say panic, but certainly anxiety and and frust and you know impatience and 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 fear. But I do think that it is now it's now reached a level, and I don't think we've seen it all yet, but it's reaching a level of of self perpetuation. And I think that that is, it's almost like an, it's like a, a vortex or an energy that's happening just around the globe. I mean, when you think, you know, probably half a billion people are really afraid right now. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going to happen? As you said, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? When's this going to be over? What's happening? I have nothing to grab onto, you know, except Netflix or whatever. And it's, and so when you Look at that. I mean, that is that's a lot of people who are breathing. They're breathing in and out um, anxiety and fear, and I think that just it, it it diminishes immune systems. It it makes it easier to catch the flu, and it also I think I think it spills over into other people in our communities and states and the world. And so, what I think is that there there are. Um, let's say three groups of people in that. Um, one group is they're saying to themselves, holy shit, I wish I'd been listening to Ashton's podcast for the last three years. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? And why didn't, you know, and I need to read what Ashton is saying. I need to follow him on Facebook and just have a, you know, what is he talking about and who are these people? And, they're, these people are in, in, they're in, they really don't know where to turn and they're afraid and they are freaking out over the fact that their business may be gone, that they may not have any money anymore, that their level of consumption is going to be gone. They're, they're in fear that they or their family member will die. And this is, this is, um, it's a tsunami wave for their current state and they can't handle it. And so what I say, they need to reach out to a friend that they trust someone in their circle, you know, a friend who can help them breathe literally. And I don't mean just, I mean, I mean, literally help them breathe in and out, take some deep breaths and settle and then they can begin their path in the midst of this chaos. And, and I think they can do it and they can do it. And they've got to find a friend or family member. I don't even think a book or a podcast is going to be enough. I think it's going to have to be talking on the phone with somebody who literally is teaching them how to breathe. I think there's a second group of people who, um, and I would put myself and you in this category, we've been working on this stuff, mm. <laughs> you know, for a long time. And We've been reading all the books. We've studied Merton. We love Father Richard. You know, we 
we, we, we read this stuff. We do our best to live it out. We've got businesses and families and, you know, we're just trying to make it through the day, but we have some skills and what we need to do. And I'm talking to your entrepreneurs in the audience, people who have businesses. What we need to do is we need to say, wait a minute. I am now going to rely on my muscle memory. I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I've been trained. I know what to do. And do it. And if you need to take a, a breath or two to assess the instrument panel, great, do it. But you know what to do. I know what to do. You know what to do. Yes, we'll rely on each other. Yes, we'll talk to our friends. But we know what to do. We have been trained for this right now. This is it. We've been trained for it. We know what to do. Are we going to also be sometimes in that third group? Is something going to happen when we hang up the phone right now that's going to give us some news and we're like, oh, boy. Oh, okay. Gosh, man, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, I'm, I need help. Yes. But then I think there's a final. There's a third group. And these are the, you know, the... James Finley's, the Richard Rohr's, the Father Martin's, the the Pope, the Dalai Lama, the Tara Brock's, the these are spiritual masters, Pema Chodron. These are these are the spiritual masters who are experienced in the darkness, the dark night of the soul. Um, they're experienced in the Paschal mystery, in the valley. And I think that we need to rely and encourage them to be the tip of the spear that will disrupt this planetary fear soup that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm actually today calling this guy that I know from the United Nations that has an interfaith United Nations group, and I want there to be a, a, an hour every day that those spiritual masters in all faiths are dedicating to like what the Pope did last week. And they said, what did you pray? He said, I prayed that the Lord would remove this with his hand. Hmm. And, and okay, that's pretty direct. Lord, will you please stop this? <laughs> and, and um, I think that people of all faiths and can come together once a day, and but especially our spiritual masters to be the tip of the spear, and then we have an obligation to follow in behind them, and I think once a day. And I think with time that I have 100% confidence that that prayer can be answered if we all will do this to disrupt that, for lack of a better term, what I would say is, you know, the, the energy or yeah. the the field, you know, that is currently swirling around in all this. So I know I just said a lot and talked for a lot, that's but that's kind of where I, where I am with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And you know, the promise of resurrection is order, disorder, reorder, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I think yeah. that, um, uh, reorder, uh, I don't know if it's available today or tomorrow, but, but I, I am saying that, um, my hope is that, uh, that I know that that's how reality works. Um, and we've made it before, and we're going to make it again. And, um, yeah, 
That's a great word. Well, yeah. I should I should also add too that, that that our spiritual masters and all of us need to in this prayer when in our plea that we need to um, have a unified message of repentance. Yeah. And the Pope asked this last week. I mean, we have to repent. Hmm. We have to. I mean, we can. We know. Um, I mean, Jonah. Uh, the, that's a great example of compassion, repentance, and an example in the Hebrew scripture of God changing his mind. Yeah. And so, but it was because of compassion and repentance. And uh, when I say repentance, I mean, I'm not saying it like a lot of people, but the word repentance um, change is change, 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 metanoia. You know, it's to turn away from and to turn toward, and that's what we have to do. We have to repent the way we've treated the planet. We have to repent the way we've treated each other, the way we've behaved, all of us. Yeah. And I think that we can come together in that message, I think. Yeah. Talk to me about this clarity that you speak about having. Um, what's that look like in the business realm? Well, um, so what for me and my chocolate business, um, we're, we, I would go back to what I said, which is, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, what, what I need to do is what I've always done. Don't change. So we all have, um, you know, and I wrote about this, I mean, in our, in our vocations, in our calling, in our, or even if you didn't have any of that, you just have a mission statement hanging on the wall. I mean, somebody wrote it. Mm-hmm. So there was, there's an essence there yeah. for us entrepreneurs. We, we have an essence and our essence as leaders has driven us to this point. I mean, we've made decisions by hopefully by accessing our essence um, by our uh, accessing our true self, um, as Merton would say. And so we need to do that right now and make decisions that are consistent with our essence, that are consistent with that and consistent with the principles that brought us where we are. And for me, you know, I mean, I've, we, we have a school lunch program in the Philippines. Um, and I checked with the teachers last night and said, what about it? You know, and they said, well, our kids aren't in school now. And we'll, and I, you know, I said, well, what are we going to do for the severely malnourished that we're feeding? And we're coming up with a plan and I'll have it by the end of the day. So I'm going to spend time on that today. And I also spent time on that two months ago and a month ago and six months ago and a year ago. And I'm going to keep doing it. Same thing in the Philippines. We just opened a preschool in mid January for 300 kids. They're not in school now. So what are, what are we going to do to take care of the kids? Um, and let me, let me say this, the way we've been for a company as a company for 13 years is now coming to roost. What do I mean? Yesterday, our field rep in Tanzania, uh, a Tanzanian woman, um, from Dar es Salaam, but she lives in the village for us. She contacted me on WhatsApp and she said, Sean, the farmers are worried about you. And, um, will you please send me a video, a WhatsApp video so I can show it to the farmers in their meeting tomorrow because they're concerned about you and your factory and how things are going. Mm -hmm. What? Really? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I mean, 
we share this, we share that mutuality and kinship and this is, it's happening. It's happening right now. And so I didn't know that 13 years ago when I started this direct trade program. So that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, well, where it really gets hard is, you know, we have a total of like 18 full-time employees, including me. And that's everybody from accounting to sales to chocolate making. Well, it's quite possible that some people will be laid off. That's a terrible place to be. I had to do it in the recession in 2009, 2008. And so, but again, <laughs> I'm looking at this. Yes, I'm looking at a spreadsheet. Yes, I'm looking at, you know, um, different um, spreadsheet models of how many people will be left and under what circumstances. But I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm meditating about it. And I'm going to make those decisions the best way that I can to preserve what? To preserve this notion, this, this sort of Benedictine economy of sufficiency, which you and I have talked about many times, yeah. which is how much is enough? Well, now is not a great time to be asking because everybody wants more toilet paper and they want more bread and they want more rice. And, and, but we have the discipline of asking that question because we've been doing it for so long. Yeah. We've been asking that question, how much is enough? It's a moving target. It's always moving. But if I can ask that and say, Hey, when I get out of this thing, what, what do I need? Yeah. I don't need that much. So I have to ask that and I have to use that as a filter, not what's my net operating income going to be, Yes, I need net operating income or I can't have a business, but but I need to throw away those notions of, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to look at my, you know, company's value because I need private equity money or whatever. No, I'm looking at people. Yeah. This company has always been about people, about community, and now is the test to say to me and to other entrepreneurs, oh, you got a mission statement? You have a calling? Really? That's great. Well, now guess what? We have to live it. Take your medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that's so it's it's hard. I mean, this is hard. I mean, we're we're also kind of very, you know, sort of counterintuitive. We're experiencing, thank goodness, um, pretty good internet sales right now. And and the grocery stores that are open are ordering from us. But we lost three of our top five customers in the country this week who've closed their doors, who ordered a lot of chocolate from us, you know, to make mochas and mm. hot chocolate and ice cream. And, you know, that went away for now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be okay. You know, when we talked, when we first talked, I'm sure I said something to you like, you know, one of these days my business could be gone. <laughs> and, and it may die just like everything else. And that's okay. Yep. It's okay. I don't want it to happen. But if it does happen, hopefully I won't be holding to it so tightly that I worshiped it hmm. because I don't want to I don't want to be a victim of that. Well, well, good word. Um, what about in the house, the four walls of your home uh, with your wife? No, your daughter doesn't live with you anymore, but um, how are you navigating this in the husband father space? Mm -hmm. Well, um, this has been really challenging for my wife. I mean, she's really the, 
the center point of the whole family, extended family. And so she talks to the kids every day, multiple times a day and has for, you know, long, long, long time. And, um, but we live on a little farm, 43 acres and a little, little house. And that's fairly new for us. We downsized and, um, it's been really hard for her, um, to not be able to go in and visit with people and just be out. And so, um, you know, I, tomorrow's my birthday. And so I know she loves, um, cake with buttercream. And so, um, I, I bought a cake for my birthday and I'm going to pick it up in the morning, but I bought the cake that she likes and I bought a very expensive bottle of champagne because uh, she loves, she loves <laughs> champagne. And, um, so we're going to have a great birthday tomorrow, but I wanted to do what she wanted. And that's not, don't believe me. I don't do that very often. <laughs> so I'm the, please don't mistake that for, but I wanted to do it. I could tell she was struggling and I wanted to do something that she wanted, you know? And, um, but you know, we're, we're making it and I'm, I'm, uh, starting new exercise routines at home. Um, you know, new, um, workouts and running that I haven't done in a long time. And, um, so once it gets a little bit warmer, you know, we'll be able to go down to our Creek and, and enjoy that. And we love our dogs and, and, um, that's, that's what we're doing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. It's a great word and a great, um, flipping the script, you know, of just truly, um, putting the shoes on the other feet, looking at those that you've been entrusted and, and just saying, what do they need? What could they use today? Um, and I think if we yeah. took, took, how are you navigating that space? You know, every day is a new day. I, I, um, I, I think that, uh, uh, I'm going to do my best to stay out of Twitter today. <laughs> um, that has not been a helpful place for me to be. Um, and, uh, constantly checking in on the people that I've been entrusted in business and then really, <clears throat> you know, trying not to let these days go by. I, some friends of ours, they were FaceTiming with us and we're just belly aching about, you know, staying home and all this. And I was like, guys, in just a few years, we're going to take our kids to college and we're going to be sobbing because we don't have two weeks locked <laughs> in our home with just our family. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great point. So really just trying to... Um, uh, uh, fix on things like that. And, and I think your call of prayer and repentance, um, I mean, that's convicting me. I mean, I, 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 I need to step, step that up. I've done my, I've done my sit, um, every day, but I think that I need to turn up the notch a bit on behalf of the whole shebang. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we can all be Jonah. We can do it. Yeah. I think there's something that rang true in me, uh, when you shared that, um, so thank you. you what are, what, fire are, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying to friends that that are really struggling? You know, that are really having um, a tough time. What I te- you, you know, I, I text one of my best friends last night, and the only thing I sent him was, "We're going to be okay." Mm-hmm. I just said, "We're going to be okay." And yeah. I, I had a 
uh, hard talk with him yesterday and sitting on my porch and we're both, you know, um, the, it, it is palpable, you know, that uncertainty and the fear and all of that. Um, but I just think that going back to a bedrock belief that, uh, it is what it is, what it is. And six months ago, I was tripping out about something else. And six months before that, mm-hmm. I was freaking out about something else. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. one of my mantras right now. Um, mm-hmm. That we'll make it. Yeah, one of the things that I think, one of the things that's striking to me is, you know, especially I would say in Africa where I've been going now for, 10 years. Um, I've been, I've visited little hospitals in remote locations and seen 10 year old kids that, you know, are dying of HIV AIDS or malaria. And many of these places, you know, maybe they don't have mosquito nets or they don't have treatment or medicine. And the farmers that I've you know, been around and seen, they've lived on an edge their whole lives, mm-hmm. not knowing, am I going to get dengue fever and die or malaria or HIV AIDS or, you know, and it's, you, you know, I'm, I'm so removed from the edge yeah. and having to contemplate those things or have them sort of be incorporated into my life as a as a daily possibility. And so I think, you know, we have a lot to learn from, from these populations that have lived on the edge and lived and, and yet found joy. And, um, so I'm still kind of unpacking that. And well, what does that mean? And the reason why I'm saying is because now, this is happening to them too. So as I'm seeing in Ecuador, you know, this is this is now foisting itself upon just super impoverished urban places that live in cardboard boxes. You know, it's happening in Davao, Philippines. It's happening in Ecuador, and and so what are they going to do? You know, we're you know we're reading articles about well, we don't have enough ventilators. Well. They, they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. nothing. Yeah. So it's really striking to me, and I hope that we can use this. Let's just kind of say what you said in the beginning. You know, let's can this be a gift of awakening mm-hmm. for us? Yeah. You know, yeah. for all of us, me too. So, well, let me ask you as we. Um kind of wrap up this dialogue, um, would you be open to like offering, letting us leave this, this conversation with an offering, a peace offering, a prayer? Um, never done that before, but it feels right. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd sure. be open to do something like that for us. I absolutely would. Okay, the floor is yours. Absolutely. All right. Father, um, you're present in all things and in all people, in all places. And my first prayer is one of thanksgiving. 
and it's a prayer of thanksgiving because you've shown us this opportunity um, to, to become closer to you. You've shown us what it means to share in your suffering and we're thankful for it. We're thankful for the opportunities that are unseen that we're going to learn about tomorrow. So as we pray in Thanksgiving, we also pray that you will open our eyes and our hearts and our ears to the needs of the people who are right next to us in our families and our friends and the people we work with and the people that we know around the world, that you will, as Father Greg Boyle says, that you'll lead us to the low places so we can see you. And even though we might be in fear of those low places, we pray that you will remind us that you're with us and that you're present with us even in those low places and even in those times of fear. And Lord, we pray that you will hear our prayer of repentance and that you will watch our actions of repentance and that you will have grace upon that repentance and that this movement of fear and panic and anxiety will be removed supernaturally, that it will be removed from earth and from this place and that people will come together in your name in this prayer of repentance and that you will show us that even in the midst of this mystery and darkness to some that there is light that there is resurrection and that there is life and we just pray that you will that you will keep reminding us and keep keep reminding us of those messages and that you will let people intersect our lives who share this message and who share these words so that we can recognize the oneness that we all share without any borders without languages without cultures um, that we're together and that we're truly one and we pray that we just have more opportunities like this for conversation and most of all we pray that the love we have for each other will grow and grow because we do know that in your word perfect love will drive out fear we pray these things in your name amen Hey, before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe right there on your phone. That's probably where you're listening. Uh, and if you enjoyed this, would you mind leaving us a review? One of the things that we're wanting to do is get this information out to as many people as we can. And we are finding that uh, when people leave good, true, and beautiful reviews, uh, that helps us get this information out more and more to people all across the world. I do not take it lightly uh, that you invite me to ride shotgun with you in your car, 
you allow these conversations to be a part of your jogs. You allow these conversations to be a part of the communities and families and businesses that you've been entrusted. Uh, I do not take that lightly at all, and I am thrilled uh, that you have joined us here at this table, at this conversation. There's always a seat left. There's always room for more. Uh, and we are just so grateful for you guys joining us here at Good, True, and Beautiful. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love.